Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelorette Australia podcast that asked the question, Zave, should I get bangs? I should, shouldn't I? Oh my God. We, I, okay, so I was thinking about this throughout the week because Angie looks incredible with the bangs and <laughs> that is going to be most of what this episode's about. I think so. And I was like, what if we both got bangs? <laughs> I think that that's probably what at least we need to do to Photoshop for the cover art of this episode. Oh. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I oh. was talking to people who I know and love and trust about talking about bachelor bachelorette related things this yeah. week. Not a single one of them failed to mention that they also thought about getting bangs. Isn't it interesting? It was a big hair week in general, I thought, on true. the Bachelorette Australia. That is very true. And in fact, like all my thoughts about bangs were kind of out the window when the cornrows showed up. Oh in the my next goodness. Um, but you know, I mean it just proves that there's Limitless options. Big hair. Very much care. Mm, yeah. I'd, I, I'd give a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to recap episodes three and four of season five of The Bachelorette Australia. There's so much to get into this week, as there is every week. I mean, absolutely. I think one thing that we should definitely touch on right up top yep. is um, our, both of our names. Um, uh, my name is Xavier Petskinoon, and joining <laughs> me as always is Max Quinn, <laughs> who you Hello. may know from the internet. Hello, it's me, Max Quinn, the man who types his name into the internet. He's been typing it just about everywhere. If you uh, if you don't know about this, I've beaten the algorithm this week. You've taken a swing at it, and I heard that Mark Zuckerberg is quitting. Yeah, and he's also shitting his pants. Yeah, I've Zucker punched him. Yeah, exactly. Right where it hurts. And also, whoever it is that code. runs Twitter. Yeah. Terrifying. John or something? Uh, it's some first name. Jack. Jack. Yeah, which is a nickname for John. Yep, you're absolutely so, right. You know. <laughs> All right. Another thing we might be interested in addressing up top is we're recording a revolutionary podcast today. Oh, this is true. We haven't told anyone about this yet. Because um, not satisfied with breaking the algorithm in a text-based <laughs> internet format... I think we're also, um, you know, really breaking some ground here. And I'm so honoured and pleased to be part of this. We are coming to you live from my backyard. That's right. We're outside in the backyard. How many outdoor podcasts can you recall, Zave? I'm trying to think of any. Sometimes maybe people will do a little spot that's recorded outdoors. Not an entire thing. Do you know what, though? We're going au natural, baby. That's right. We're getting a little taste of the elements because it's a beautiful spring day. We're outside in our deck chairs, Sunday afternoon, cracking a cold one, cracking some friends, cracking Cracking on with the podcast, (laughs) cracking some friends. Yep. Uh huh. (laughs) So before we get into what happened with Jamie to start with, but then also 
Kieran, who rules. Right. And the drama with Tim mm-hmm. and a new man called Brad. No. Someone whose Brian. name is Brian. That's right. Yep. Yep. And also a man who apparently was on the show, but I've never, ever, ever seen before in my life. We'll get, we'll get to it. Uh-huh. Also, uh, a bunch of um, smaller men who are running around on their four legs, <laughs> which is very interesting. Good little boys. Uh-huh. Um, I do want to start with a message that we got from a listener this week about our last episode mm. that covered everything that happened between Jess and Angie and Carlin. So, it's pretty like, it was, it was food for thought for me, very valid, I thought, so I wanted to read it to you. The Jess saga really consumed a lot of our like, yeah. mental energy. I think anyone who watched it or participated in the discourse around it in any way probably felt a little exhausted by it. Yep. And um, yeah, we, we got this message throughout the week that kind of just gave us a moment to, to stop and think a bit harder about it. And, yeah, and have a bit of perspective about something different. Mm. Um, and they say, hey guys, the way you talked about the Jess issue was a bit disappointing. The idea that men have to deal with sexism and it shouldn't be up to women to stand up for themselves comes from a good place. However, it kind of reinforces that they aren't able to or should not call out men, that it's a gender-specific job in a situation where the woman is the leader of the group. Others should defer to her leadership, which Carlin did. They continue, It's just a bit dismissive of the power of women's voices in the calling out of what they won't accept. I know you're not part of the problem. And just a small criticism, peace sign, love heart. Zave. Yeah. They're right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I was trying to remember back on, on how he handled this thing. Yeah. And I think the underlying message that we, uh, settled on was that it was, uh, a bit of a letdown. Mm. I've got this, this is just quoting from my notes. It says, Carlin articulates that it's his responsibility to stand up against Jess by telling Angie the truth. Although you could argue that it's his responsibility to stand up to Jess by actually standing up to Jess. Now... This is wrong for two reasons. Firstly, it is dismissive of Angie's power and agency. It doesn't matter to what degree. It doesn't matter what we said afterwards about how great she was at handling Jess. Right. I think that's what we sort of tried to loop back around on. Yeah. Um, Not defending the way that we did discuss it, but I think like that was more of what we were trying to land on. Well, yeah. Was that she did an incredible job, and I think it's like, you know, a testament to her. Um, ability and uh, resilience and that sort of thing in handling that situation. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you're absolutely right. I got it wrong, and if you felt weird about it, I'm sorry about that. Mm. And then secondly, it was also factually wrong because Carlin was actually the first person to call Jess out on the group date. Right. So Carlin did the right thing in showing deference to Angie as the person with power and agency, and he also called Jess out in person, so... On both counts, I fucked up, and I'll do it. I'll do it better next time. Yeah, you know? I feel the same way. Yeah. The other thing that I want to tease out of all of this, though, is like, why do I still feel exasperated in that this whole Jess situation was preventable? Right. Like, I think that there are two separate arguments to be made here. Yeah. Um, one of them is everything to do with Carlin telling Angie and Angie confronting Jess and. That has to do with the functional mechanic that allows the show to create drama, right? Mm. Angie's the person with the power. She needs to be the last person to really become clued into what Jess is saying and doing to everyone in order for there to be tension for the TV show that we're making. But I guess if I have my time again, what I want to do is double down on this other idea that Jess is presented as a predator by the show 
and that Angie is made available to him by production. And yeah. somewhere along, along the line, like there should be some measure put in place to prevent that in a duty of care sense. Totally, yeah. It should. I, I think that is what we were both feeling when we were discussing it initially. Yeah. Is that like none of this should have been allowed to happen in the first place. Right. Um, and so... Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating that it gets to this point and that it happens seemingly almost every time. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it, you're right that it, w- it was a bit dismissive of us to settle on that because that's a bit too convenient for what the show is. Definitely. It's built into the show that these types of situations, well, I mean, maybe not this specific type of situation, but these types of conflicts and, uh, you know, difficulties will come up. Right. And... Uh, yeah, we it's it's important to see people speaking up against them. Exactly. You know, so thank you for writing in. We're always trying to like learn more and right. do better and this is a good reminder for us as two people making a podcast to consider like not only the um I don't know what the difference is between macro and micro. Is micro the smaller one? Micro is very small. Macro, great big. Yeah, cool. So the micro of like the order of operations of how this happens on the show and how it plays into storytelling, mm. but also the macro of uh, like the way this affects the binaries of agency and gender and power and who has it mm. and who doesn't mm. and who is in position to call it out. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's important for us to, like, I love getting feedback like this, even yeah. if it, um, you know, if, if it makes me initially feel like, oh no, what am I doing? Right. Or whatever. But like, there is a real tendency for this podcast and for things like this to be a bit of an echo chamber. Sure. Um, and so we love to hear perspectives from other people who maybe don't agree a hundred percent or, yeah. um, you know, can, can make us see it from another perspective that we might not have initially. Right. And it's, you know, it's the, um, the irony of being a podcast who often says things like do better. Right. When, you know, sometimes we ourselves can do better. Right. Yeah. And so in, uh, in the name of breaking out of that echo chamber, here we are, Outside in the great outdoors, <laughs> <laughs> in the least echoey place that you, you one can imagine. That's right. So That's, we've uh, done yeah. all we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and it is time for us to kick on with our recap of The Bachelor Australia Season 5, Episode 3. And it is The Bachelorette. That's right. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's your standard helicopter beach date picnic for Jacko, uh-huh. our 25-year-old pie lord. Now, okay, um, thank you for saying that because I did forget that this is the pie man. This is the pie guy, Carlo. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who dresses up in a pie costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, do you ever see that late era Simpsons episode? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Why is that one snuck through? Because I didn't watch... I mean, I've, I'm here and there with Simpsons. I think there was a certain period of time where the most recent episode that, let's say, Channel 10 or Foxtel or wherever it was that it was airing mm. had epi- had access to was this period around 17 or 18. Yeah. And when they used to run their Simpsons marathons, yeah, that's a lot of the stuff that you would see. Like, I remember that. I remember the episode where they go to Italy. Okay. There's another episode where Abe has an illegitimate daughter from overseas who's just like Homer. I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Brazil episode. Why are they all travel episodes? I don't know. Well, I mean, they were like, well, we've had a few of these, but we haven't had all of these. That's right. So they picked up an atlas. (laughs) (laughs) Threw a dart at a map. Yeah. What if Homer got a job as a penguin in Antarctica? (laughs) (laughs) Instead, it is our penguin, Jacko. 
right. who's headed on the date. And Angie says that he makes her feel safe. Mm. But she's a massive friend zoner, and he might be a bit young for her. So to combat that, we're dialing up the romance. Mm. Basically, they start at the beach. Very romantic. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they That's get... where, I mean, not to linger on this for too long, but that is where sand and water fell in love and have remained ever since together. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's where crabs build houses. Yeah, mm. it's truly a, an OTP between <laughs> little teensy bits of rocks and salty, salty water. So they start at the beach, and I'm looking forward to your uh, next analogy, because uh-huh. they're then picked up by the whirly bird. Okay, sure. So Romantic, this is, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so, okay. So we think about um, this as like an intimate setting. Yes. Where, like, contrast it with, uh, let's say, a jumbo jet. Mm. A lot of other cooks in the kitchen. Whereas a whirly bird, <laughs> it's a small enclosed space oh, where two I people like can soar and their hearts can soar above the world. Uh, <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for, I want to say, 300 years. Yes. We've talked about, I want to say, 16 billion <laughs> helicopter dates. <laughs> it is truly a struggle to think about things to say about them. Well, luckily, Angie gives us a talking point because, in the most romantic way, mm. she threatens to vom literally everywhere because she's incredibly motion sick. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I'm about to spew. It's a bit of a bumpy ride. It's so funny. <laughs> She's like on a tilt a well up there. <laughs> um, it, I think it was a mistake to um, fly the helicopter upside down. Yeah. Because that can actually make things a bit more difficult. Right, when the propeller's at the, the bottom. Passenger. Yeah, mm. because um, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's physics, people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it does work, but it's not like that. I've never seen it work. We check in at the mansion, which is uneventful. Great. It's just sort of to establish that Jamie is a jealous little boy. Mm. And, and also, if you weren't sure, there are other people on the show. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the very first time, not familiar with the concept, you're like, hang on, she's dating how many people? <laughs> How's this going to work? And then we're back on the date for some time at the Batchy Couch. It seems like a lot of this date has been cut for time because we see none of the romance promised. Mm. And then it is night and we are deep in chuck chat. Yes. There is a reason why I do not remember. You set it up as like this romantic thing. I'm like, where's Max going with this? Because it's a puke date, basically. It becomes a puke date, but anything else that happened during the day, like they're on the beach, Mm. then they're in a helicopter, Uh and then it's nighttime. Mm. How long was the flight? I did um, think it was funny. They cut to the name of the helicopter company a bunch of times, <laughs> and it was Touchdown. Oh. Which is like, does Mark hold Hello, this Hello, Mark. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, Angie, to her credit in this situation, raises her concern with Jackson's age straight up. So yeah. he's the youngest member of the cast. He's 25. He's what, 25? Yeah. yeah. And so he responds by saying that he pitches himself as a young dad, and his parents had him when they were quite young. So it's what he knows. Mm. Angie also opens up about losing her grandparents before bestowing a rose upon thy Jackson. Mm -hmm. She says, I've brushed my teeth, so maybe we should even kiss. (laughs) And he says, okay. (laughs) It's the romance as we were promised. It's beautiful, yeah. Are you impressed by Jacko? Uh, Three episodes in? (laughs) I mean, I, I had a nice time watching him, but he doesn't really stick out to me. What I don't know. Yeah, I thought that he was cute on the penguin date. Yes. And this all seemed nice and respectable. He's very inoffensive. 
Totally, yeah. right? He seems like the sort of guy who's going to get taken along in this competition uh-huh. for a bunch of weeks. Yeah. I really have very little to say about him, though. Like, It's interesting. There are a few men on this cast. Like, even the ones that we've met, like Jacko, we haven't had that much of a window into his, like, the way that he operates, really. Yeah. yeah. There's not much happening in the way of characterization. Right. But you can say a lot about, like, four men in particular. Yes. He seems, like, as fully formed as a person as anyone else is, mm. but I'm just not getting oodles of character from him. Right. And that's just down to the portrayal, I think. Now it is... He the- does... He is a pie guy, though, so we should remember that. Maybe... You know what it is? Maybe what's inside him is, like, sort of beneath this crust. Oh. And we sort of have to, like, bite or cut into it so that some of that filling can really come out. So you've really got to, like, um, scratch the surface. Right. It's like a spoon or something. Yeah. Uh, you could use a knife. Mm-hmm. You could... Um, sometimes you take the whole top off and put the tomato sauce directly on like oh, that's that. That's interesting. Have you ever done that? No, I've never. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not a big meat pie eater anymore. As I recall. As a vegan person. Um, but, you know, I've shared many happy memories. <laughs> <laughs> so now it is group date time and we are at the dog park. Ding. For the first ever Bachelorette dog show. Yeah. It's, ba- it's basically like pup equestrian with one notable absentee. Mm. Someone named Mitch has rolled his ankle and won't be in attendance. Such a shame. I'd become so attached to the character of <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> Enter a, a man who Kieran describes as a bald-headed geezer mm-hmm. walking in a bunch of dogs mm. for the date. So, when I see these dogs come out, I'm like, fantastic. This is going to make for a great little segment on the podcast where we forget about the boys for a minute and we get to rank the dog. We do have power rankings of the dogs. Right. But it's it's a bit disappointing that we don't really get to meet them. We don't get to spend a lot of time with the dogs, um, much as we don't get to spend a lot of time with the boys. Well, I mean, yeah. It's clearly the same people handling the production. Uh, Can you imagine the dog producer? <laughs> uh, but we do get to spend some time with... The Aussie dog guy, Ryan. Right. So, he's 32, and he's here to join the race for Angie's heart. And guess what, Dave? Mm. He knows Angie from the outside world because there have been some DM slides. Yeah, it's a bit of a social media thing. If you look him up, he is a bit of a big deal already. Right. Uh, He is not just a Aussie dog dude or whatever he is he's the, the whatever it is Aussie dog dude <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah he's got an insta that has like 40k followers uh-huh. seems like he's like all about responsible pet ownership Great. and is a massive dog kind of dude but not the dog kind of dude who says that he's like a uh, into paparinos and woofers no and also not the dog kind of dude who uh says a bunch of disgusting sexist shit and in, in his race to become mayor of noosa <laughs> So, firstly, I want to know, he has a massive leg up on the competition at this point, right? I'd say he's got two massive legs. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps even four, because I think what we're talking about here is the dog connection, That's right, right. yes. Um, Absolutely. Hard to ignore it. Um, You know, while many of these other men may have some connection with dogs or whatever, he truly is the Aussie dog whatever, as we said. Mm Mm-hmm. But does he have anything else going on? It's my big question. This is the thing. Like, I'm getting echoes of Stu from Sophie Monk's season. Sure. Where a bunch of episodes in, they've flown in the guy that she really wants to be with. Yeah. Helicopter date. Mm -hmm. Very handy connection. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry, I'm 
devastatingly allergic to the outdoors. <laughs> I'm just learning this now, as it is my first time coming outside. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're right that there's like one big obvious connection, one big hook for their bond. Already a bit of a pre-existing vibe. Yeah. But what else is going on? Same with Stu Laundy. That's it. I kind of hope that he doesn't end up as the winner for like for that reason. Like the thing with Stu was like, cool. He's this guy that is rich and that she wants to be in love with anyway. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the season, it was a foregone conclusion. Right. This is sort of like they have this one big thing in common, and we see in the next episode that it's like really made a huge point of. Mm. We don't know much about Ryan at this point. I almost want to say they have learned a lesson from how they handled Stu. Right. You know, in production of this this season. Yes. There's a fly buzzing around. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> unforeseen challenges. Um, they've learned their lesson from the portrayal of Stu last season, where they maybe realized that it was a bit too obvious what was going to happen. Right. And so this time they're like, let's try not to focus on anything else about this guy <laughs> so that... You can't really tell. You know, if it does turn out to be him winning, or... or I mean, either way. It just, you know, it's not as obvious. Right. And I do think that the people who we are more predisposed to look at as, like, competition frontrunners mm. are the people who they assign more than one characteristic to. For sure. Pie guy. Yeah. Dog guy. <laughs> okay, pie guy, maybe not. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I they're see. the people You're... who've got one thing going for them. Right. You're Massive giving examples creep. of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he did go home. Right. Um, the ones who they assign zero characteristics to, like, uh, I don't know, Narango or whatever. Yeah. We'll get to. I know. Uh, <laughs> bit of a shame there. Alex. You know? I'm sure there's someone named Alex on also the show. Also on the show. Yeah. What's the... Uh, Adam. There's an Adam on the show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so the other thing that I was wondering about here, um, how much did you think that Bill Goldsmith was going to be the person walking the dogs out? Yeah, for sure. It really felt like something that the show could have just leaned hard into. I mean, I think they are sprinkling it in as often as possible because yeah. that was a bit of a runaway success. <laughs> it was a smash. Yeah. I think there will be more... I mean, obviously, it's a home run that Angie's this dog queen. Yeah. Um, this dog adopting uh, angel. Uh, and so they can bring up dogs whenever they like. I'm surprised they have a pie guy and not some kind of hot dog magnet. Hello. I mean, like, they should really be leaning into it. <laughs> There's a lot Perhaps of Perhaps a man whose name is Doug. I don't know. Just think about it. Yeah, this is my friend Pomeranian. <laughs> There's a lot of assessment here about whether or not Ryan is a good-looking bald dude from Longhead Tim. Right. Who is then, I think, in, like, kind of hilariously, is shown... Wearing a variety of different hats and bandanas in various <laughs> confessionals and interstitials. He's like, maybe I could be bold. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> Tim and Tom are actually first to compete on the group date, but they don't have much luck with their pup. Angie describes it as the blind leading the blind, which leads me to question, shouldn't they have been given a seeing eye dog? <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. What a funny boy. Next are Angie and Ryan, and the purported dog whisperer can't quite wrangle his dog, much to the joy of the other boys. Before we see Kieran and Scott, they're great with their tiny little dog named Rusty, Mm -hmm. and Kieran gets him to do lots of tricks and Mm -hmm. rolls, and it rules. He's like a little Jack Russell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to raise that there's a man on this date who I literally have never, ever seen before. Which one? It's like he's got a front fringe (laughs) and he's on the green team and he looks like if Jude Law was in Slytherin. (laughs) Um, Do you know remotely who I'm describing? I'm looking at the cast list as we speak. The Wi-Fi signal's not that strong out here. (laughs) 
Uh, front fringe guy. Let's see. Sort of like a tuft. You're not talking about... Uh, I'm not talking about Jesse, who is a known front fringe. It's the only front fringe I can think of. Mm. Well, Kieran is the winner of the Alone is it Time. Hayden? No. No. Well, Kieran is the winner of the Alone Time with Angie. And our Manchester man is proper over the moon. I can't do a British accent. It's no. just, I just realised. Did sound it's, a bit like your regular voice. It's proper over the moon. No. It's, <laughs> Wait, one more. It's, uh, hang on. Um, it's, it's proper over the moon. Oh, no. there it is. <laughs> For their time alone together. If we have any listeners from the United Kingdom and surrounds, yeah. write in and tell us what region <laughs> that voice that Max just did was most like. I'd be fascinated to know. It's probably like uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're greeted at the Badgie Couch by a couple of Angie's own dogs before getting down to brass tacks. I want to correct you here just briefly. Yes. There's two random dogs, and then there's pillows with pictures of Angie's dogs oh. on it. Not that it matters. Thought that was the deal. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, Kieran used to dance in a gay club. He's had a nose job, and he's not getting any of the weirdo music that we usually ascribe to this kind of man. Xavier, right. is this a victory? Well, I mean, it's fascinating. Right. Because he is essentially set up by Angie... To drop some weird facts about, like, just say some weird stuff in your weird voice is essentially right. what she says. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I uh, um, I used oh, to be a it's dancer. kind of down here. I used to be a dancer at a gay club. Uh, oh, it's quite, it's quite. <laughs> I can't um, do that voice. It's quite down here, isn't it? Right, right. Um, and you know, it's all very scandalous or whatever. But Look like, none of it. <laughs> but none of it is played. You're right. None of it is played for like. Wow, I can't believe he has done, I can't believe he's done this. Um, it's all just like, oh, how interesting. This guy has so many layers. Yeah. And it is... And none of them are the cravat that he is wearing. <laughs> well, he takes off a lot of layers true, pretty yeah. soon. So, um, yeah, it is uh, a huge double standard, right? Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very telling at the same time. I kind of like this for Kieran. Right. I just think, like... He doesn't go in for a kiss. He makes her laugh. He might be really good. I think the fascinating thing about Kieran is there are so many red flags as right. far as I'm concerned. Right. Like, he... I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like it should all be falling into place in the way that it is. Yeah. But for some reason, he's, like, irresistible. He's got this charm that is quite unlike most other people right. that we ever see on this show. Like, you know... I did not expect anyone to stand out like this. We did look at him and kind of just say, like, Patty 2.0. He's right. just a bit of a kook or whatever. And, like, he's really winning people over, including Angie. We talk about this cheeky boy, larrikin kind of archetype. Mm. And I think that he supersedes every expectation that mm. you could have of someone brought in to play a role like that. Yeah. You know, he's complex. We are ascribed multiple characteristics to him. He is like Patty with self-awareness and less latent misogyny mm. and disrespect. I guess the question is, for a lot of these like larrikin-y sort of cheeky boy types or whatever, yes. is like if we were providing the same kind of space and opportunity for them to express themselves in a like a not gross way or whatever. Right. Like if we were if I feel like if um Patty was, you know, given the same handler or the same um, producers or right. whatever, like, would we see a similar thing coming out with him? I don't know. Like, we've seen two rounds of Patty. Well, I mean, Patty's not a great example. Yeah, 
but he's like the um the high watermark for this archetype you mm. know like it feels like when they're casting someone to be this cheeky boy mm. that's what they're casting and yeah. what they've got is this incredibly layered and interesting and charming man I wonder if it's also like Kieran is aware of the fact that Patty exists within the Batchy ecosystem yeah and wants to you know knows that there'll probably be some comparisons drawn yeah um, wants to differentiate himself maybe we're at the mansion now. We get a confessional from some of the boys about Mitch, but no confessional from Mitch himself. And then the rest of the boys are introduced to newcomer Ryan. Hmm. There's a bit of like, um, sort of dibber-dobbering here from Tim, who is shit-stirring. Yeah. He's like, and this bloke has been sliding into the DMs. Blah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? And this is the, the thing that I think I want to uh, explore more in the next episode when it comes to Tim. Because... When he's when we see him in his natural element, or like when we see him around the other men, I don't mm. want to say it's his natural element. Um, there is that like naughtiness or antagonism or something to him. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this is more like I don't know. When he's around Angie, there's a softness. Yeah. There's something that's quite gentle. We'll get yeah. to it. Yeah. He is certainly like a multifaceted. Yeah. Sort of person. Yeah. And it's interesting that we're getting that portrayal. Of him. Yeah. Because it would be all too easy to just lean on the sort of initial impressions of him. Right. But I think Angie is giving him the space, and then subsequently the show is giving him the space. Right. To be more things than just that. And this is her agency in dictating who the romantic leads are. Totally. Yeah. So now it's rose ceremony time. A quick moment for Carlin's glasses. Mm. My God, what Luscious. a good looking man. Oh my goodness. I think he instantly jumped up my like Winnipeg. <laughs> like truly. I was yeah. like, I'm seeing a whole new side of him. Yeah. Not to just be shallow and, you know, like. He looked hot. He looked great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hayden also in glasses. Mm-hmm. Not the same effect, but similar. Yes. Yeah. Um, before the boys hold a tribal council around the fire to establish a truce. Mm. So Tim is the ringleader of this. He sets the agenda as reduce the drama for Angie so that she can choose who she spends time with. Mm. And Jamie in confessional says that he's experiencing some mental stress about this. Mm. Danny, while we were watching it, was like, where else would you get stress, mate? (laughs) Could be like a lower back stress. (laughs) Could be like a stress fracture. Yeah. Yeah. Zave, I'm wondering where you sit with all of this. I mean, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's kind of where I land on it because we're in, what, episode number three. Right. And already we're like, look, we've been wasting Angie's time. We don't, <laughs> like, we've been fighting over her. She must be exhausted with it. At By this us. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how the show goes. Yeah. I think she probably knew what she was signing on for. Yeah. Uh, and you know that it's not going to hold much weight with every single boy there. It's really interesting. I, I often think about... Um, it's like a good effort, I guess. Like, yeah. Like, you want to applaud the uh, the thought, but also it's like, what did you expect was going to happen? Right, right. I think about this um, house and the way that uh, they form society, you know what I mean? Mm. Or community. And I often think about the rules that are made here mm. are made to... I don't know, like, reinforce existing power structures. Mm -hmm. So, Jamie, I think, is well within his rights to feel the way that he feels. And I don't know that he should be necessarily strong-armed into losing his agency. But I also love the group's decision 
to defer to Angie as to who she wants to spend time with. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and that said, like, precisely because it is Jamie and all that we're shown of him is his limited control over his emotional spectrum and his mm. lack of awareness thereof, mm. we're supposed to side with Du Bois on this. Right. You know? Um, we're supposed to be like, look at this idiot. Um, but I do want to say, as we see in the next episode, um, if the person who made this move of approaching Angie cutting in line, basically, yeah, ended up being our winner or our finalist or whatever it happens to be, it's one of those situations where there's scope to show it in a different light entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, I guess, to consider um, Jamie's uh, disregard for the group think or whatever yeah. within the context of how Abby was viewed in the last season of Bachelor. That's true. Which is to say, like, I mean, I don't know exactly how this reflects on, like, gender or anything like that. Yeah. And the power structures are a bit complicated. But it is interesting to see the difference between, like, a stage five clinger like Jamie mm. and somebody like Abby who has seemed to be more, like, scheming and manipulative. Right, right, exactly. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. It, I think it does come down to uh, power structures and the way that you maintain and control them. Because uh, in a utopian bachelorette society, mm. everyone has equal time and equal opportunity. But sure. the reality of this show is that it's just not going to happen like that. And right. It's not fair and it's designed to be unfair on some people. And the people who it's unfair on always seem to be the people who are marginalised in the house. Yeah. As the dog starts to bark. <laughs> uh, dog, like in the show. <laughs> we can keep it in because it's relevant. Sound effects. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, like, it's easy to forget that, they're like, just by design, there is not enough time. Right. Like, even if you... I feel like even if you spent every day in this, like, six to 12-week period that they shoot... Like, if you had her for the whole time... Right. It would still be a bit of an ask for this to turn into, like, a really powerful work Love, romance, whatever, yeah. And then given, you know, how limited it actually is mm. and how much of that time you spend doing other shit and making a TV show... Right. Like, you know, you... You... you, It's... <laughs> <laughs> this show's crazy! It's insane! There's too many boys! <laughs> Um, and then it happens. Mm. Angie. Mm. Angie got bangs and it so, is a look. It is one of the most iconic. Like, her just walking out, um, rocking this new do, like, fresh new makeup look at the same time. Uh, she looks fucking phenomenal. With the dark lip. A dark lip. Something going on with the eyes. I can't even remember. Don't know what those are. Drawing attention away from the bands. <laughs> but it's like, where's this been the whole time? Wait, you know what? You know what it is? I love the variety. I love shaking it up. And mm-hmm. I saw some people online this week being like, they should fire the hair and makeup team. Like, whoever allowed this thing, it's not in style anymore. It's off trend or whatever. Mm. But, like, it's such a fucking cool thing that you can go on Batchy, have, like, a professional hair and makeup team try some shit out on you. Yeah. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. For me, I was real into it. Yeah. But, like, as if you wouldn't. Like, it's the same thing you see with Kieran in the Mm. next episode, who rocks, like, an incredible new hairdo, changes the game on Kieran again. Yeah. Um, I totally applaud this. You don't have to look consistent every episode. You don't have to look your absolute best 
You don't have to pick one great look and then stick with it. Right. Like, the idea of this show is to spice it up a little bit. Show people... Because you have this short period of time... Right. You're like, these are all the different things I might be. This is my range. Right, exactly. So, I was neither here nor there on the fringe. What the fuck? Look, it's a look. You know, it's cool that Mm -hmm. she's doing it. I wasn't like... Amazing. And I wasn't like, this is vomit. Well, if you, know? you saw any tweets, they were all from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the main thing that I was was confused because my understanding of how fringes work mm. is that when you get one, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I was also like, where did this come from? And then Evie was like, oh, it's a clip on. Excuse me? Yeah, she's got like a some kind of. I mean, someone write in and explain it to me in more detail than yeah, that. Yeah, listeners, please, can someone. And also, can someone explain the difference just while we're going between a jumpsuit, a onesie, and a play suit? Because I still don't understand that. Oh, well, that's all made up. Yeah. Yeah, none of those things are <laughs> real. But I think the clip-on thing, it must just be like extensions, but of the front, right? Yes. And it's right? Oh. <laughs> oh, God. We experienced most of this cocktail party through the lens of Jamie. Like, we're like, oh, it's an echo chamber. It's such a shame. <laughs> we're like, well, we couldn't possibly ask anyone with any expertise to detail this right uh jamie who is threatened beyond compare by ryan and heads behind the bushes or some shit to sneak attack angie and break the bro code Mm. so he goes to try and talk to angie but tim wards him off he tries to talk him out of it and jamie in this conversation his lip is trembling like he is threatened by this man Mm -hmm. um this is like a very like physiological response it's strange um jamie tries to stand up for himself he says that he's here for Angie and not for the boys. And eventually he bypasses Tim and intercepts Angie on the way back from her chat with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now this chat, we barely see any of it. It is inconsequential, if a little creepy. God forbid we see anything with Ryan. <sighs> Before Jamie returns to the group to be put on blast by Hayden. Mm. Now we praised Hayden last week for calling out Jess. Yeah. But... I think that the way that he handles this is less than ideal. Yeah. I don't strictly remember this very well, so you might have to... What happens is that he kind of threatens Jamie. He says, if you thought living here for the last two weeks was hard... (laughs) This is the best. (laughs) This is so good. What a decision we made. (laughs) I think you're going to see what a disaster... There's so much flavor in this recording. I think that's what people come to this podcast for. Yeah. Is our revolutionary room tone. (laughs) (laughs) Famous background sound. Um, Just to put it in context for you, the child next door is getting in trouble for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm not sure if he's washed his hands or not. Is it possibly the child is getting in trouble for guesting on this podcast without asking the parents? (laughs) All right, so Hayden. It's unclear to me at this point if we are audible to them and if our commentary on their situation is... Making it better or making it worse? <laughs> I can only think we're helping, right? <laughs> you, uh, this is fine for me because I get to go home, but you live here. Oh, so yeah. The consequences of this will be living with you for some time. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> so, Hayden. He calls uh, Jamie out. But he kind of threatens him at the same time. He says, if you thought living here for the last two weeks f- was hard, you've just lost all credibility. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't love that. Mm. There's something um, where like, I understand so much Hayden's frustration mm. in that it feels like everyone's made a group decision that works for the majority. And as Hayden is someone who is 
a part of the group and not on the fringes. He's like, why doesn't this make sense to you? Fringes. Right. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, what happens is that we hear from Jamie in confessional and he says he might now be the most hated man in the house Mm. and hilariously makes spectacular use of air quotes to ensure that we all know that he doesn't want to be in the bro zone. Mm. (laughs) Xavi... I we that there's the bro- a hole in the bro zone layer. <laughs> Are we in the bro zone right now? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Mm. Um, Ankle Mitch and Angie then have a chat. <laughs> Thank you, because I don't. I still, after all this, cannot, <laughs> cannot put a face to the name of Mitch. Yeah. Mitch says that he rolled his ankle. Put an ankle to the name. <laughs> yeah. Mitch says he rolled his ankle and decided not to come to the group date. And Angie says, you could have sat on the sideline. Mm. And Mitch is sulking and he says, we don't know that. <laughs> and really Angie says, this. we do know that. <laughs> I would have allowed it. Yeah. People do it. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it, that was mystifying me at the time as well. Yeah. Is they bothered to show this cutaway. Because, like, you know, Bako can be sick. Right. And she can just not be there. And we'll be scratching our heads and then they'll explain it later. But this time around, they were like... Here's what's going on with our beloved Mitch. <laughs> Everyone's favorite character, Mitch. So I'm like, why the fuck? Is, like, why isn't he just going along and hanging out? Right, exactly. Totally yeah. fine. Show up on crutches. It's, it's fine. Not, the purpose of the date is not to like see who is quickest at running alongside a dog. Yeah. Like the purpose it's of the date is time with the person. Participation and you know, yeah, yeah. And arguably, if you show up. While you've got the injury. Do you remember when Ali Ochin broke her leg in right. the first season? Right. And she made it to the final fucking three. Totally. If you show your dedication through something like that. Like, okay, I understand maybe he had some kind of concern. About, yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe there was an overzealous person on production who was like, look, here's what's involved in the date. Here's what everyone's going to be doing. Running around, chasing dogs, that kind of thing. He's like, well, fuck, this is going to make my injury worse. Maybe. Yeah. But there's no chance that they couldn't have said to him or that he couldn't have sussed out on his own that he could have just been there right and maybe struggle through it maybe just sit on the sideline right that's what happens yeah also i'm no like doctor but he looked fine yeah we saw him walking Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. so this is angie's agency on full display she's the person with the power and she shuts him down yes it's great and then mitch continues to dig his ditch it's a mitch ditch you see (laughs) Ah, a Mitch ditch. Because yes. he didn't go on the date with all the bitches. Ah. The dogs. Ah. The dogs. I see, I see. So he says to Angie, if you don't think that I am the one for you at the end, send me home tonight. <laughs> and she's like, check. What? <laughs> <laughs> this man. This is episode three. Like, what kind of leverage does he think he has <laughs> at this point? I'm like, how much time has he spent... You know, doing interviews that haven't been aired. You know, like... Yeah. Because he must be saying that from a p- place of thinking that he is in some way involved in what's happening on the show. Right. right? Yeah, so yeah. So it's like, how much footage <laughs> is being left on the cutting room floor of this dude? Yeah. Because I don't know who he is. No. And he's made one of the most, like, <laughs> foolish... <laughs> it's a, it's an incredibly foolish error. Right. On this show. He's giving her permission to cut her then and there. Right. So, like, if you look at it in, like, a run of three who were sent home, Mm. we see Waza choose to leave (laughs) the house after being dressed as a chicken. Mm -hmm. Didn't like being dressed as a chicken. Then we see Jess, who left the house uh, at Angie's behest. Mm -hmm. Because he was too hideous of a creep. This man named Mitch, who, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, is obviously fucking sent home. Yeah. 
because he hurt his leg, uh-huh. decided not to come to the date. Yeah. Stood her up, yeah. essentially. <laughs> well, he may not have been standing. Uh, <laughs> He's got a bit of a leg thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then tries to use this fucking broken foot as some kind of fulcrum point right. to Which exercise some leverage. All of that sounds dangerous. All of it you sounds really dangerous. You should really be taking your weight off it, not to using, using it as leverage. And then hands her this ultimatum on a silver platter, and right. she's like, thank you, see ya. She's like, oh, uh, let me think about that. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Do you reckon that thank you, see ya is uh, the Australian Ariana Grande? It's like <laughs> the, um, I don't know, who's an Australian artist of the of the pop you Calibre. mean Sia, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were going for. Fucking Max Quinn. <laughs> it was right there. Mm. Mm. So the rose ceremony comes down to Mitch, Hayden, and then this fringe man whose name I still do not know. I always want to give him credit for rocking a fringe at the same night that Angie is pulling right? off her incredible bang look. So Osha comes in. Hayden is spared. Mitch is sent home, mm. and Osha reveals that the name of the mystery man is Cade. Oh, no, we know Cade. Cade looks like Zac Efron. Jude Law from Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and no. Perhaps he is somewhat more like Jude Law from Slytherin. He's got a Slytherin vibe. There's a the whole wazoo. lot of stuff going on mm. here. So this is the man who was supposed to be our villain in episode one who ran over and took Carlin's guitar off him. Is that right? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Same dude. Um... And all the other things we know about Kate. Right. Right. I was like, who is this man? Well, the, he's the guy who thinks that Baywatch is a movie. Oh. Which, of course, we're all aware that it actually isn't. Yep. Despite the fact that it's two years old and it was a movie, it's not. Oh, boy. Mm. All right. So, that's the end of that for that episode. We say goodbye to that person and also Ankle Mitch. Right. And we move on to episode four. That's correct. Are you copying what's going on in the background? There here? is a really sad child. Is it, is it a murder? <laughs> is this podcast going to be used as evidence? Because that could be great for our listenership. Oh my god, this is so funny. Can you imagine if they play this in court? 12 members of the jury, <laughs> plus the judge, plus the lawyers, defendant, prosecutor, docs, gallery, other law stuff. Judge's clerk. Right. Yeah. Um, Transcriber. Artist. Oh, yeah. Little typing person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sketch artist. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? I reckon Mummy's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Just based off this what? scathing testimony. <laughs> yeah, we've been given a pretty big clue here. <laughs> Not much else to As go As to on. who did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they Ooh. don't like it. I, If I was them, I'd take him home. Yeah. He doesn't live there. No? No. This kid is near here? This is a new kid <laughs> to <laughs> the household. Yeah, right. Yeah. We yeah. were like, when I was discussing with Danny, I was like, we could probably podcast in the backyard, right? And she's like, it's so quiet here. Mm. Mm. You might cop a plane overhead, but no one else makes a peep. So, Tom. <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> Help me out. Okay. <laughs> Tom is, uh, he's the one who has brown hair. Oh, brown hair I mean, I'll show you a picture of him. How would you describe that man there? 
Oh, affable square head. <laughs> I mean, he's one of many, though, isn't he? <laughs> Inoffensive Tom, who exists. He's quite good looking, I think. Sure. And has not made a shit of himself so far on the program. Right. Called out Jess last week. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Pretty good. We love Tom, and yeah. he's the winner pick, actually. <laughs> Tom greets the men with a big black gift box, which comes the group date card for Hayden, Kieran, Ryan, Matt, Jesse, Naranga, Carlin, and Jamie. The boys open the box, and it's full of feather boas, tiaras, little dick straws. <laughs> My dick straw is much bigger. <laughs> um, and moments later, a hot pink stretch hummer pulls up out the front of the mansion. The door opens, and out steps Evie, Angie's best friend and Gogglebox co-star. Cool. Welcome. Just to lay the groundwork, never watched Gogglebox, have you? No. No. We're new to this. And apologies, we can't watch every single Network <laughs> 10 television program much as we feel like we probably do. Right? Evie today, I found out, uh, came second on the most recent season of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Get out of here. Ah, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a celebrity, but that's, you know. Mm. Uh, um, so Evie says that since these might be the last few weeks of Angie's single life, <laughs> tentatively, mm -hmm. um, she wants to throw her a bachelorette party. Cute. I am flabbergasted that it has taken this show five full years to get to this seemingly quite obvious premise. It's great. It's a good idea, it's too. It's fucking rules, of course. How long has this been sitting up on the like whiteboard of ideas? I, I can picture like a group of Channel 10 executives just sitting around like, oh, ideas for this season of Bachelorette. 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 I've got it. Helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Give this man a promotion. <laughs> Um, so they load into the stretch hummer and head to a mystery destination. Um, Evie somewhat reductively says, a bachelorette party with all pink and boys dressed in it is not exactly what boys want to be doing. Come on. Come on, Evie. Come on. I feel like that was maybe chopped up a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're dressed a bit silly. I don't know. They, th th that's what the show exists for. And they're having fun doing it too. Exactly. Everyone's having a great time. Something like Waz is here. Although there are a couple of people who are on this group date. Both of the people who go home from this episode are on the group date. Mm. We don't see them that much. No. But it's like, were they just a whole, like a drag? Like, were they just <laughs> secretly bummed out the whole time or something? Naranga looked good. He looked like he was having a fun time. He was right into it. Right? He was fucking serving looks. Yeah. It was like rivaling the bangs. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a chunk where Evie tells Ryan in front of all the other men that he is exactly her type. I can't remember if she was Angie's talking about type? Angie or Evie. Uh, hard to say. Well, it does seem like Evie also has part of this like connection outside the show. Yeah, it seems like she also knows Ryan and is like low-key rooting for him to win. Right, which I I mean would also kind of make sense because like Angie and Evie are very interlinked. Yes. Professionally, friendship-wise. Canine-wise. Right. Yeah. Do they live together? Don't know. Great question, me. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he's saying that he's exactly Angie's type, but, like, again, it's, like, because of the dog thing, right? Like, right. you don't really get a huge amount, like, it's not like she's always lusted after, like, a, you know, bold guy, or she's always lusted after one of his other characteristics that oh. I'm sure exists. Um, the group, uh, suddenly arrives at a function center to meet Angie, Osha, and an instructor named Rainy, who will be helping the group through is it really rainy is that her name that's what i wrote down must be okay if you wrote it down i mean i am <laughs> experienced you're a savant yeah um 
then we're helping the group through one of those like inexplicably popular like drink and paint art class thingies. Oh, cute! That like there's two of on um, King Street. Yes, they're like a block apart from each other, and yes. they have the same name. Both near your house. Is it right? Is it like overflow from one when it gets too busy? <laughs> I do not understand, but it's. It always packed. Right. And it's really weird because you see 30 people painting exactly the same thing. Some of them seeming more drunk than others, but all painting the exact same, like down to the colors, down to like the, you know, framing of the shot or something. It seems like they're all just copying off something. But then it's like, if you go with your friends, if you go on a bachelorette party to one of these things, you're all just going to have a very slightly like different version of the exact same yeah. painting. Every time you go to your friend's house, you'll be like, there's your one. <laughs> oh yeah, I used a bit more like orange than you on this <laughs> corner. Should we go on one? Oh, I mean, maybe we do. Maybe I think to. that's what we have to do as our end of season party, yeah. our wrap party for this year. What if we did like a live thing? Yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> I would say we get new art done, but we have this beautiful new art, which by the way, we haven't mentioned. So good. Wonderful Thank you, new Evie. Art. By Evie. Not Evie from the show. From the, oh. So I got the email addresses mixed up. Oh. I thought we were asking Evie from Gogglebox. No, it's Evie from the Your Relationship. That's right. The you one recall. who I live with yep. and uh, love. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, it is life drawing. And of course, one of the men has to be the nude model. And of course, no one volunteers except Kieran. It's so good. It rules. I love this for Kieran. So what it is, is like perfect dominoes just toppling over. I feel yeah. like Kieran was cast because they knew that this was going to happen. <sighs> like he mentioned in the last episode that he used to do, what was it? like Dancing at a gay Topless club. dancing? Or yeah. was it bottomless even? Or uh, I don't know. Something that would be so scandalous if it was a woman. Right. Um, but because it's him, it's cheeky and fun. Yeah. And like... That's a good point, isn't it? Well, I mean, because we've had scandals about like topless waitresses Leah, do you remember? Yes. Right. A couple of years back. And it was like, uh, why are we... Um, why are we criticizing these women, particularly for participating in like the... Ad- "Quote unquote adult industries." I right. hate that, that right. phraseology, but that's where we are. Sure, but I mean, like the problem that we have with someone doing that is ostensibly the same problem that we have with sex workers, and and not saying that we have problems with sex no, workers, no, no, no. But, but like as a society, right. and like you're absolutely right in that it is incredibly gendered. Yeah, yeah. Um, we Notice talk- how. Sorry to go, interrupt, go, go but like the thing that we were talking about last season about oh how she's only here for the Instagram followers uh-huh. not once yeah, not once has that accusation p- been raised haven't heard a peep about it Jamie's only here to get followed on Insta uh-huh. can you imagine <laughs> I wonder how many followers he has got I don't know <laughs> I wonder be. how many people he's following oh. just one you reckon yeah I think it might oh. just be one yikes yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know this is good fun it's an opportunity like as much as we want to say like oh it's a bit reductive. It's a bit sexist. Like, the way that we respond to this is so different or whatever. It does make for a pretty good bit of TV. It's good TV. It's, like, lots and lots of bawdy humor. Um, it's largely about dick size. It's largely about, like, the temperature of the room. Which is weird. Uh-huh. Right? Like, it, watching this, and particularly when I was with Danny, she was like, this is weird. It's Why are we bit, talking about this man's ball size? It's a bit blue. Yeah. Like, some of it is, like... Seemingly right on the money in terms of the tone of the show. Yeah. Like, Osher is like, up next, Jamie... Oh, not Jamie. <laughs> that would be very... That would be I'd much respond worse. very differently. <laughs> up next, Kieran goes 
balls out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's I'll, I'll live with I get that. It. Yeah. And then it's there's fun. one of the boys who's like, oh, it's not going to take too long to draw that or whatever. Yeah, And like, whilst yeah. that is a good joke that functions well, right? It's also like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or like, particularly when uh, when Jamie says to Kieran, like, it's not. Um, are, are we in danger of you getting aroused? Oh yeah, that was really weird. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty like, uncomfortable. Ostensibly, we're watching someone who doesn't know how to hold a human conversation with mm. another man about his dick and balls. Right. And hey, the cat's here. Hey, hello. Jeff. Jeff, come on. Come hang out. Remember when there was a dog last yeah, week? Yeah, I remember. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, hello, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Do you want to say hello? That was it. Do we put Jeff at the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> so it there is this uncomfortable thing where like the men can't seem to stop chuckling like the situation is the funniest thing they've ever been in or whatever yeah i mean i don't know i guess i don't know exactly how i would respond either there's a lot of jokes being tossed around yeah the, i mean the societal thing about like bachelor and bachelorette parties is that it's supposed to be a bit bawdy right like yeah the conditions dictate that there is a particular way for you to behave and on this kind of night it's more acceptable for you to say and do things that normally you wouldn't or Mm -hmm. whatever you know like it's a bit um edgier i've never been to one of these so the only one that i've been to is a oh actually no do you know what i did go to a uh bachelor party once for my friend nick and what did we do we went bowling so it was pretty good yeah yeah were you like mmm Balls. balls. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I put my f- fingers in those. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Pins. Mm. Might get a... Um, Anyone got a spare set of pins? Got to borrow some shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that was nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, the point is here, like, they're, like, society and um, the situation dictates that you're supposed to be, like... Oh, this is a bit scandalous. Right. You know? Um, But, like, I think Angie is similarly in that vein, but also kind of just, like, appreciating this... The ridiculousness of it. And I I think appreciating this brief sojourn on her particular bachelorette journey. Right. Of being like, well, this hasn't really happened that much before. (laughs) And I think she's, like, truly, like, well, Kieran's body... She describes it as immaculate. Yep. She says everything looks good. Yep. And it's, like, on some level... If we're boiling this show down to a very basic thing, sure. where it's like you get quite a limited amount of time with way too many people, yes, you should see all of them naked. Right. Like, absolutely. You want to make sure everything's in order. It's that same thing we were talking about how like the US show, you're allowed to fuck at right. a certain point. Yeah. In the Australian show, it's just kind of, we don't even address that. Kieran even poses that uh, we should do this every day in the back garden. Right. And like, he's Fucking kidding. why not? But it's also like... This show, the premise is so arbitrary. It's so, like, ludicrous. At least so she can check for lumps. Yeah, let's have a bit of a meat market. Right? <laughs> um, Kieran is shirtless, at least, in his, <laughs> like, interview segments yes. that are taped after the fact. Pretty I'm fun. like, what if this is just it for Kieran? <laughs> what if he never gets dressed again? <laughs> it's kind of a big move. My friend Mitch tested out the theory uh, this week that you can wear shorts on TV and no one will know. <laughs> oh, you mean like under a desk or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah. was a guest on the drum this week. Got it. On the ABC. And he was like, look, 
I think I'm just going to do it. I don't think anyone's going to be able to see. Mm. And then I watched it back, and absolutely no. You Couldn't can't tell. tell. He's wearing his singlet and shorts. I think <laughs> he's wearing a singlet. It's great. He okay. loves metal. He's a big metal man. I see. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you can totally get away with it. The only thing I would be concerned about in that situation is seeming like an unprofessional person off camera. Yeah. Like, if you just rock up and you're like, ah, oh, good day, like, you know. Well. Here they are. As long as you have uh, compelling points to say, it's our ABC. I suppose so. Right? Yeah. That's the whole beauty of the system, isn't it? It's the beauty of the system and it's the beauty of the society that we live in. <laughs> you know, Kieran's not wearing any clothes at all. No. Good on him. Yeah. He gets a little black bar and that's about it. <laughs> Um, Jamie remains weirdly serious in his interviews, like just opposing this with just about everyone else. Um, I don't know how much of this is taped then and there, and it might just be being sliced in from other times or whatever. Right. We know from Vanessa Sunshine that they kind of tape a bit of stuff after the fact. For sure. And yeah. it would be super convenient to like show him at his most serious, which is kind of what it feels like they're doing here. Yeah. He's like, I want private time with Evie. I want her to know that I'm a genuine guy, that I'm here for the right reasons. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, come on. I, I understand. Like, yes. Okay. Sure. Great point. Like, you know, you want to progress further in the show. But also, there's a British man who's got his bum and willy out. <laughs> could Doodle, you please, as Angie describes could it. Could you please quiet down? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, in a brief segment, Evie gives Ryan the seal of approval. Yes. Or the dog of approval. Hey. <laughs> um, and, then we, and then we cut back to Kieran in a different pose. Um, he's now sitting down, which must be really frustrating if anyone's, like, legit trying to draw him. <laughs> I can imagine the like art, like the art coach of what do you what do you call it, an art teacher, an art yeah, coach. Yeah, I think so. I can imagine her being like, um, "Do you mind sitting still? I understand that you've got new props <laughs> now, and you probably want to yeah. sit down, but like I'm working here." Yeah, the idea of a, by the way, just the idea of a respectful exhibitionist. Yeah, like it's something that we've. N I would go as far as to say that we've never seen on Australian TV For before. Sure. Yeah, and fuck, it's cool. Yeah. Um, he then has a chat with Evie that, uh, where he insists that despite being only 25, he is still very mature, which is quite funny because he is still naked, <laughs> covering his jug with a bunch of grapes. <laughs> it's at this point where I'm floating the theory that like maybe he will never put clothes on again. It's pretty good. And if he didn't, whatever. Yeah. You know? Because I feel like once you have broached it yeah. and it's everyone has signed off on it and they're saying it's okay, like just roll with it. Go right ahead. The you grapes be... are such a good touch oh, too. For sure. Yeah. Um, I would love if he ate one, but I feel like <laughs> maybe that's a step too far for Australian TV. Probably it is. Prime time. Um, Evie says, good on Kieran for talking to me with his wang out. This is the norm now. There are some incredible shots of the drawings that the men are doing, although um, it's really hard to tell who is drawing which ones, so we don't actually really stand to learn anything about <laughs> the men here. I think it would be a great opportunity, like we had with the, the paintings um, of everyone's... Is there another That's murder? That's a separate house <laughs> with a separate murder. This is the only, one of the few times. No, you know what? I, I think about say, this a like lot. This, this other house now where the first murder happened. Quiet and Deathly down. quiet. Yeah, exactly. It's a little spooky. Mm -hmm. um, it is coming up to Halloween. Oh, that's true. Do we do a Halloween episode? Uh, look, we've done one in years past. Mm -hmm. Um... It's a frustrating thing, um, not knowing much about who is doing these drawings. Yeah. Because similar to the the pooches, I wouldn't mind doing a bit of a power ranking on those. Yes. Um, but I did get some screen caps of them that are quite funny. You can find them on our Twitter, at BoHPod, That's wherever right. you are. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so the other thing that I wanted to say is that last season we when we did the art date. Yeah. Right. Um, 
we spent a lot of time analyzing the women's drawings. It was taken. It was as an art contest, right? It was taken as an opportunity to learn as much as possible about the people who did it—a window into the soul, right? Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like the facade of art happening. Yeah. But like, there is some truly interesting pieces <laughs> of expression here. <laughs> yeah. One of them draws him as a centaur, right? Like on all fours. <laughs> it's like I want to know. Everything about Who's whoever drew that. Who's responsible for that? I yeah. don't know. Fuck yeah. I would love, like, I would love nothing more than to tell you all <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. We Instead, uh, this is just a window into the dick. It <laughs> basically is. Yeah. Um, Osha tells Kieran that he's been, quote, a very big help. And then mm-hmm. he goes bright red. <laughs> My, uh, Evie pointed out, sorry, I should clarify which Evie. Um, my partner Evie pointed out that that's the only time he seems like shy or embarrassed is when Osher is like, hello. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Um, then comes what I think is maybe the best part of the episode, which is a bit of alone time between Angie and Evie. Yeah. And it's like, I haven't watched Gogglebox, so I don't know their dynamic super well. And what it is is a complete detour from like the romance and love aspects that are interesting to me about this show normally. Yeah, totally. But what you get is this like very refreshing honesty mm. and a lot of silliness. Mm-hmm. They talk about the little blah, 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 blah thing that they do <laughs> when they kiss, um, which I think is maybe a punky thing as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know who originated it. I'm not lo- sure. I'd like to find out because um, somebody's ripping off somebody else. Um, Evie asks, do you think you could go out with a guy with a made up name like Carlin? Um, you know, I really like Finding Nemo, but I don't like Marlin. Oh, you know what? Carlin. That'll do it. <laughs> anyway, that, I can't do it justice, but it, it rules. It's funny. I will say, like, the the most revealing thing about this is mm-hmm. that Angie describes Carlin as a bit funny. Right. And Evie can't take this seriously. She's like, what, like 2% funny? Yeah. But it is interesting, right? Mm. Like, when we're positioning these men in terms of who is going to make it to the end... Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I think that that really factors in because we see that Angie seems to be attracted to these men who love uh, making fools of themselves. Right. It seems to be something really important for her. It seems to be like um, Waza's inability to make fun of himself. Have a laugh. Yeah, yeah totally. Have a laugh seems to be a big problem. Not even so much for Angie, I guess, but, but for that Waza himself. Particularly for Waza, yeah. Um, so maybe not the best example there, but like, yeah, it does seem to be a key focal point here. But yet we have Carlin who's being really positioned as a front runner, despite he hasn't had a lot of really crackingly funny lines. Right. Maybe we're going to end up with a final, I'm thinking of this now, but we'll, we'll end up with like a final choice between somebody like Kieran, who is all laughter and fun and games. Yeah. And somebody like uh, Carlin, who maybe is position is more mature or like what she should be going towards yeah. to get a- out of her comfort zone of humor and that kind of thing. But it's also like, wouldn't you just want to find somebody who has elements of both those things? Right. Totally. Which yeah, of course yeah. there would be plenty of. There I'm sure are, you know, um, even uh, Tim seems to be positioned as one of those. Sure. As well, mu- Tim like, is, yeah. the, is the other <laughs> sort of element. That yeah. We'll have a moment to talk about him soon, but um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that we have a pulse yet on um, Carlin's sense of humor and also on Ryan's sense of humor. And mm. I would love to like just sort of see if there is a beat to either of those things. Right. Yeah. I have not seen a lot of sense of humor from Ryan, um, but it could be there lingering. Never know. We'll just have to fetch it. We'll just have to... Oh, God. W- wait and see if that <laughs> rolls over. We'll have to um, uh, sit and watch more. <laughs> right. 
to pick with him. Mm, you've really got some... Um, I would say about this topic, you've got some pedigree. Ah! <laughs> Thanks. Um, um, Dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Angie and Evie pretend to make out at the end. It's very funny. We love friends. How nice. Wonderful. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Then we jump right into a single date with Tim at Centennial Park. And he appears to get lost trying to find her. This is funny. Like, right off the bat, it is... It's funny. It's it's funny, but it's like, this doesn't happen on this show. <sighs> it's great that they show it. He's giving some new angle that I did not think was possible. Right, and like, Tim is... And I think the show is trying to show you that he is some sort of space cadet. Right. Like, but he's also... Uh, sometimes a uh, shit stirrer in the house, mm-hmm. but then also he's got this complex sensitive side. Right. What is going on with this man? Right. It's truly like, I cannot come to grips with what's going on here. Right. He's wearing a really stupid hat, <laughs> <laughs> but he's carrying a sunflower, which is like a nice gesture. The back to with his... the grandma. Right. Yes. Um, in interview, he said, and he's just <laughs> like, I was having a debate with Evie about this, um, which is like, He's either the most boring or the most interesting person there. Yeah. In a way, because, like, as she said, like, he is kind of every single munted dude that you meet at a festival. Yeah. But then also, like, he has these moments of lucidity that, like, despite the fact that he seems to really not be on the same plane as a lot of... I I don't know if these are generalizations. I don't know if it's even appropriate to say this stuff. But, like, he talks really loudly... Like, and doesn't make very good eye contact. But then sometimes he talks really quietly as right, well. Right, yeah. So he has this interview um, segment where he says, uh, I think that your purpose is done as a partner if you make your partner smile. I think it's just like there's this, there's this dichotomy here between like, I agree with what he is saying. Yeah. But I cannot picture anyone saying that in that way. Right. Um, so yeah, this is the thing where like I just I just don't know where to place this man yet. I genuinely don't feel like, despite the fact that some elements of his look and vibe and personality are quite familiar, and they feel like people I have met or even been bothered by. <laughs> it's also like I genuinely don't feel like I've ever seen anyone or met anyone who is like this man. That's really true, and so the thing about that is that it makes him. Utterly compelling TV. Right, totally. Because you don't know what he's going to do next. He's very unpredictable. He's entirely unpredictable. And he's like, also, I think, pretty smart. Sure. Some of the shit that he comes out with, I'm like, yes, absolutely. And even though he's using it to stir shit in the house, uh-huh. he's fucking perceptive. Yeah, right? totally. Like, not everyone is capable of that. You hear him say, I'm trying to G the other boys up about Angie to stir Jamie up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Which means that he knows precisely what he's saying and doing in order to get this shit across the line with Jamie, who he also knows is, like, weirdly possessive, right? right? And has pegged him as that. Like, we see it time and time again where Tim is positioned as correct on yeah. this show. Yeah. In, the last, uh, in the last episode... We hear the rose ceremony through the eyes of Tim. Yeah. And he's like, Jamie's cooked it. You know, yeah, like yeah. he's absolutely fucking done it on, on this date. And then later on, after his date with Angie, he's like, yeah, I feel like Jamie. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. funny and he's, dry and... 
He's playing 4D chess in a way. Like, yeah. he has such an incredible grasp somehow on how everyone is being portrayed on the show. Right. But then also, the way that he is being portrayed on the show is so fascinating, and it seems like he's not super in touch with that. Exactly. You know, like, it seems like he could be an extra producer in a certain <laughs> right. sense. But then other times you're like, do you know what's happening? Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, there's a shit ton of cockatoos screaming at them from a tree in the park, and then Tim starts screaming back at them. I love it. Great. It's something any of us would do yeah. to be funny on a date. Agree. There's an ice cream cart. Angie requests dairy-free, and then Tim says he'll take the same, saying, we're going to have to start eating the same di diet down the track anyway. And Angie is, like, grinning because she knows he's being sweet, but then she's like, wait, why? What like, are you saying? Why? There's no reason why they would need <laughs> to start eating the same diet. <laughs> Um, there's some fussing around with the neck strap of a Polaroid camera that he's using to take a selfie of them. And Tim mutters seemingly to himself, I don't think this is an affectation. He's not doing a bit, but he's like, I'm a big spider, eh? Big giraffe, daddy long legs, <laughs> getting tangled up in my own self. <laughs> like, it's like he has somehow tapped into all of the charisma that I think someone like Honey Badger has been labeled with having. Sure. But for Honey Badger, I was convinced the entire time that he's like playing a character, right? Yeah. Like he has through years of like, you know, media appearances and stuff like that, like worked out the version of himself that he wants to be. Right. Whereas Tim is like this snowball rolling down a hill, gathering up more like weird idiosyncrasies that I, it's, it's like, you can't look away. Yeah. You, like, and so the thing is, like, he comes across sometimes as, like, a bogan. Right. And then other times you're like, excuse me, are you... He's, like, weirdly philosophical at yes. times. So that evening they settle down on a batchy couch together where a projector is set up to show pictures of young Tim and his hot dad. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. A booger just flew out of Max's nose. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, it's true. Um, Angie is impressed <laughs> to learn... That's uh, gross, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Angie is impressed to learn that Tim was a child once. Um, <laughs> I guess is the point of this. Great. Um, and it is refreshing to know that he has apparently always been a bit of a goof. Yeah. Like, we see pictures of him just, like, wearing crazy face paint and doing silly faces and... I don't know, the kind of stuff you might imagine he would do. Yeah, as like a, a funny kid doing stuff. Right. And yeah. it's like it makes you it it made me believe like, okay, this is not some like affectation, like it's some, it doesn't feel like he's putting on the Tim stuff or Right, whatever. it serves to contextualize him. Right. And, and you got some semblance of proof that like he is just like an interesting person. Yeah. Um Tim tells Angie, I think you can this is when he starts getting really philosophical, right, right. as you yeah. we were saying before. I think you can dress up and do whatever to look good, but when we age, everything fades. But your smile will always be your smile. Your eyes will always be your eyes, and your personality will always be your personality. Mm. If you were to become disabled, if you, you want to be in love with someone who will be your eyes if you lose your eyes, someone to lean on, you know, to become your ears if you lose your hearing, as bad as it is, you know. And it's like, he, yes, is some kind of galaxy brain, like, on a truly other plane, but also, like... What? <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's like he is trying to get in touch with something about himself and about relationships. He's being a bit philosophical. He's I think it's kind of sweet. Like, it's, so this is the thing, right? The intention is super sweet. Mm. The expression of it <laughs> is like 
Ex- what? Yeah, well, yes. Where are we? Where did this <laughs> come from? But I also understand that it's probably pretty selectively edited, sure, and that there's a broader context to the narrative. And I think that's the thing is like the show is in love with portraying him as a weirdo, as yeah. evidenced by every this other guy who like beat. walks between t- trees and bumps into shit and is like, "What's going on here? Yeah, he's where like, is she? Is a, I need a to giraffe piss. is a yeah. kind of uh, uh, spider." Or something. <laughs> um, but it's fucking cool. Like it, it yeah. is as as much as I was like. Sorry? What yeah. are you saying? But it's, it's another great. one of these moments where you're like, I would never have guessed that he had this inside of him. Yeah. And um, something else that he has inside of him is apparently a bunch of piss. <laughs> <laughs> because he takes off mid-conversation, mid-shoot, to take a whiz, leaving Angie dumbstruck. God, I hope he just went to a tree. <laughs> like one of the many where he had assumedly marked his territory before. No, he left for like an hour and a half. He went back <laughs> to the hotel. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is funny to me, but also I'm like, you could definitely have handled this better. Like, I yeah, wanted to... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to stop you there. I need to piss. Oh, God. All right. Um, this is a bit awkward. He's just gone into the back part of the garden and, um, uh, is unzipping and, uh, oh, God, I should, really shouldn't be looking, I guess, although, you know, wouldn't take too long to draw, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah. Um. <laughs> Max, you could have just... I mean, we could, we take breaks frequently when we record this podcast. You could have just asked. <laughs> you could have excused yourself, maybe not mid-sentence. Oh, Xavier, you know, it's just like if you ever become disabled, you know, you just want someone to piss for you. <sighs> I do want someone to piss for me. <laughs> Sick of having to do it myself. Oh dear! Ugh, if I had a dollar for every time I had to piss, yeah, legit. I had to piss this morning. Stop it! Truly. Oh my god! Four o'clock in the morning. Got up. Oh. Went downstairs to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Got in the bathroom. Mm. Stood in some of the cat's bloody vomit. Oh. She'd vomed. What is she, Angie? I know. Ugh. On a fucking helicopter. I yeah. was like, Jacko, is that you? <laughs> I had Jeff. to piss this morning. Yeah, tell me. Got up 6 a.m., something like that. Oh. Made my way, you know, got out of bed, try not to wake up, Evie. Yep. Walk out into the hallway, knock on the bathroom door. It's occupied because someone's taken a piss for me. That's really nice. Yeah, it was it's great. super kind I was like, of oh, that's person. nice. Oh, what, did you go, go in the yard? Bed? No, I just went back in bed. You just called Tim. That's yeah. nice. Uh, once he returns from his whiz... Uh, what, and sorry? <laughs> from his wheeze. Uh, mm-hmm. um, he uh, is offered a rose by Angie. Lovely. Which he accepts. Mm. Covered in piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they share a pash. It's cute. I saw you started doing that on, a, on our Instagram. If you don't follow us at BOHpod, you're going to miss every single time <laughs> that Xavier has now committed to going... <laughs> And you're going to see it. Every it's going to have to be uh, Xavier every single time because I'm doing a course at the moment. Right. Yeah. Whereas so I am watching the episodes live. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> um, cocktail party time. Tim is now rocking what I unfortunately consider a pretty ill-advised new do. He's got cornrows. Are they cornrows or are they braids? I guess they might be braids. Actually, you know what? They probably are braids. Or plaits. Yeah. Look, they're three of a kind to me. I don't know. I don't know what those, th- what all those things are. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I've had the same haircut since yeah. I was like thirteen. <laughs> you should get a fringe. You reckon? Yeah. Oh my god, we should. Um, 
we. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Mm-hmm. Got to stop the podcast just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, uh, Tim, he looks like fucking James Franco from Spring Breakers. Yes. He looks like Riff Raff. <laughs> And not uh, the general concept of riffraff, but the guy <laughs> named riffraff yeah. with the weirdly sharpened like fangs of grills. Yes, um, terrifying. Uh, not, oh, grill fangs! Not feeling it. Um, Kieran, on the other hand, has this like stunning slicked back do. It's like it's almost beautiful. a mullet, but like the classiest mullet you've ever seen in your life. Uh, so I was walking down the street the other day, mm-hmm. and I saw <laughs> the best mullet. Yeah, that I was I've walking down seen. the street just the other day. <laughs> you have to wrap whatever well, the rest of spectacular is. mullet came my way <laughs> uh-huh. um, And it was on the back of this 40 year old man He was a tradie And I was like Whoa, what are you doing with that trash can? Is that going to get in the way of your mullet? And he was like No sir I grew this myself and it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Mm. It was just the... the I texted like four people about it. Yeah. Just the most lustrous mane that I'd ever seen. But then tonight, mm-hmm. Kieran comes along. Best mull of 2019. This is a moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This blows the bangs out of the water. <laughs> uh, it bangs them out of the water. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he is also wearing this very nice patent suit. Uh, Angie says it's a bit surprising to see him wearing clothes. He looks lovely. He looks lovely. Hey, it is like, um, this is what I've realized about Kieran. It's like Ringo Starr <laughs> narrating Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> so there's something about him that makes me feel very like nascent and pure and it's little quite when I listen to him talk. Yeah. Even though he's like, and then my whole wang was out. <laughs> I got it. I got the accent. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, it's progress, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Never let it be said that this is not a progressive <laughs> podcast. She could see my whole doodle. Nope. Well, kind no, of. you lost it. Yeah, my do- do- doodle. <laughs> there it is. You know that um, Beatles song where he's like, listen to your footsteps coming <laughs> down the drive. You know that one? Where yes. he like weirdly gets aggressive and then he goes like, doesn't mean you don't love me anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we were outside for a second. <laughs> yelling. That's all right. So is everybody else. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> Jamie says that since he didn't get any time with Evie, he's not feeling 100% what safe. What the fuck is going on with this man? Why would he want to spend time with Evie? That's not the point <laughs> of this show. That's <laughs> true. Uh, ironically, I imagine that most of the cast probably don't feel 100% safe with him <laughs> around. Um at this point in taking my notes, I feel a bit mean about making that joke and I regret typing it. And then he invites himself to join in on a conversation between Angie and Ryan. And he's not even interrupting. He just like wants to make it more of like a group hang. And I'm like, this is a deeply uncomfortable gesture from this gentleman. <sighs> what is... Uh, so I, I'm flabbergasted at what the point of this could be. Right. You don't so, stand to gain anything from being this awkward hanger-on. Right. So he sort of comes up and he's like, well, it just seems like I didn't get any time with Evie. So I was just thinking that maybe um, the three of us could spend some time together because she did say that Ryan was like Angie's ideal guy. And it's almost like he wanted to like observe and take notes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that he could make himself more like Ryan. Yeah. I yeah. Like, I just don't understand. And all of the boys are watching on from the sideline. It's the first time that we see Jesse, mm. where, like, Jesse finally gets an opportunity to shine and completely bungles it. Mm. Like, the boys are like, 
because he's obviously the one who's only uh, who has the only clear view of what's happening. Mm. They're like, Jesse, what's happening? Or Kira in particular is like, Jesse, what's happening? <laughs> and Jesse's like, yeah, I can't see yet. And then that's it. That's yeah, all that we hear from Jesse. And it might be all we see for the entire season. That's all we really need. Right. So, But it's cooked. Yeah. What is he doing? Why? <laughs> who can talk to him into this? Yeah. I want that person to be in my life so that I can get <laughs> them to approach other people that I need to do things for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Okay, so like this move does get pulled every now and again where somebody will try and squeeze their way into a conversation and like maybe they will settle for... You know, it, it when they're yeah. trying to cut off a conversation and butt in and take the place of, you know, one of the other contestants, maybe they'll be forced to settle for awkwardly sitting there at the same time or something like that. Yeah, the but classic w- thruple combo. Right, but rarely is that the goal. Yeah. Like, he declares that, like, he <laughs> would like, just like this to This is hang. what I'll settle for. Yeah. It's so it's strange. Passive, almost. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's like... I don't necessarily want to just take you for my own, but I'm happy to just sit here and watch. Right. It's like he doesn't want to be seen as somebody who is um, interjecting or pushing pushy, in, or yeah, yeah. But also, like, because he, definitely, he tried to push in last week. Right. But he doesn't want a moment to go past that he's not involved in. Oh, he doesn't know how to go about it. And this is exactly what Ryan says. And mm. I loved how Ryan went about it because Jamie was just bungling it and talking and not saying anything mm. of meaning. And Ryan was like, Jamie, I really need this time with Angie. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It was right. just the simplest possible way for this man He's to He's like, go, listen, I'm new here. Yeah. I'm just getting settled in. I'm going to have to keep... Fuck off. Yeah, right. And like, it works and he convinces him to back away. But then in interview, Jamie is still kind of running his mouth. Yeah. He says that he is convinced that Ryan is a joker. Um, the word joker is said like four or five times in this episode alone. And Max, I'm just not going to touch it. Okay. Okay. I just really don't want to go there. <laughs> I really don't. Um, Tim takes Angie away to thank her for the single date, which upsets a few of the other men who have underestimated his charm and wit. Um, cut back to him telling Angie, I was like full getting butterflies in my stomach. It's good. Yeah, I just froth you. And she says, you froth me? Yeah. That's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. Like, I... So... This is Tim's vernacular. Mm-hmm. This is the language that he speaks. I know, and I don't want to mock him because I feel like there's some sort of classes. Like, if we just sit in our referee tower and talk about how, like, he, you know, because he's, I think, I feel like he probably just grew up in a different area to us or whatever. There are different like, ways to express the language of love. For sure. You know, I froth ya. I'm a fucking full froth dog for ya. Yeah. You know? But it's also like, I think the show is trying to do that as well. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to necessarily sink to that level, but I do want to point out that, like, that is what the joke is here, I think. Yeah. Is, like, he is different. Right. That's that's true. So, the joke is, like, look at this man trying to express love. Yeah. You look know? at his, like, caveman or whatever. <laughs> you know, like Neanderthal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like, what he's trying to say is, I really like you, but that's not the language that he speaks. Yeah. He says... Like, he, he's from Noosa. Mm. Um, is he? And yes, he is from Noosa. Oh, and right. his counsellor for a long time has probably been Jess. Not the greatest of role models. It's not what you want, right? No. And if I were in that situation, I think that it's an important to, I think it's an important thing to note to everybody who's seeing a counsellor, right? Mm. You might not get along with your first one. <laughs> yeah. You know? It took me like three or four different goes. That's true. To find my psych, Julie, who fucking rules. I have found myself... Like, not wanting to go to psych because I feel like the amount of effort that it's going to take on my part... To find a friend? 
to right to find the right person or to you know contribute and get things off the ground with that person. Yeah. Where in actual fact, like it is their job. Yeah. And I'm just not going to keep voting for them. You want to see Julie? Can I talk to Julie? Yeah, she's really good. She's oh. just down the road from your parents' house. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I mean, that'd be she's fantastic. really, really yeah. good. I'll send you afterwards. I'm going to talk about you nonstop. There it is. <laughs> uh, me and Councillor Jess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the two biggest problems in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't he put the fucking album on Spotify? <laughs> well, I mean, great yeah, question. It's a, yeah. Look, to anyone listening who listens to the band that we play in. Uh-huh. What's it called again? Max Quinn. Right. Yeah. You might have seen it on the internet recently. Sure, yes. Yeah. Um, the vibe is, ready for this, I have tried to put it on Spotify. What do you mean? But it asks for the ISDN numbers of oh. the individual songs. Max, you got to talk to me about this. But then to do that, yeah. you have to register it with your song company. Uh-huh. And then there was some hold up at the song company where I didn't have the p- proper passwords or whatever. But now... Mm-hmm. I think I have all the song files. Okay. I paid a dollar to download my own song. <laughs> Did you know about this? Because I didn't have it anywhere else. I remember doing that too when it came out. Yeah. So. You could have asked me. This is me, me making a heartfelt promise mm-hmm. on the podcast to put the f- the thing, the album that we, the four songs that we put out in 2015. Carpal by the Tunnel way, Syndrome. Carpal Tunnel Syndrome. It's, good, it's a good record. Great record. There's... Uh, by the way, just new songs coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the one that has just come out is called Live Again. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah I think we've smashed it. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great song. You can come and see us play some so- songs soon. Sure. Uh, November 16 in Sydney, and then December something or other, 13 maybe? I made it to a poster. Yeah, that's great. Check on my Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I'm <laughs> making a heartfelt promise to put the songs on Spotify. Great. And great. you're doing it today? It'll be this week. Cool. So you text me every day this week. I promise I'll get it happening. Okay, great. I can't wait. This is going to be big. We yep. should play a launch show. For <laughs> <laughs> this five-year-old That's thing. That's funny. Um, they also just have another pash at the cocktail party. I know. Oh, my goodness. The scandal. What a scandalous occasion. But isn't it good that this can just happen now without it being a huge occasion? Right. Yeah. Now that it's uh, not Abby. With, yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Mm. But like, so the thing is, right? I don't recall prior to Abby, there being a like, oh my god, can you believe that these people are pashing on at a cocktail party? No, not really. Right? It's yeah. c- it's kind of never happened. Yeah. So it's almost like that was their um, bro code or whatever. You know, like they yeah. all made the collective decision that that was not going to be okay on that group. So w- yeah, exactly. What I think we're going to see next season um, of both Bachelor and Bachelorette. Mm is now some Mackinac at, at cocktail parties and yep. it being fine. Totally. Like, do you remember the JoJo and Jordan season? Of American Bachelor. Of American Bachelor, where it was like the first episode and she just walks around a corner and makes out with That's Aaron right. Rodgers' brother, Jordan Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. They had like this steamy makeup. Real steamy, at a cocktail party. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is the other thing. Why doesn't any of the cocktail party take place indoors? It's a good question. I want more of this. I have a big question that has kind of been burning away inside of me for quite a while with these cocktail parties. Let's go. I'm wondering if you might be able to shed any light on this. Mm. Um, Cocktail parties take place on every single episode of this show, just about without fail. Yes. Have you even once seen them drink a cocktail? Absolutely not. It's always a sparkling white. It's always white. a fucking champers. It is literally without fail, sometimes a beer. Yeah. 
otherwise champagne flutes. What's Maybe those little coloured goblets with a red or a white in there that is not sparkling. Also, I just want to take a quick moment for um, BMX Bandit Matt Wyatt uh-huh. uh, on the group date. Drinking a Wyatt wine. Yeah. <laughs> We're going back to the group date where Kieran finally reveals himself, mm-hmm. his final form, <laughs> his Super Saiyan evolution. Yeah. And Matt Wyatt, I don't know if you caught this, but it's just like, I'm going to try and demonstrate it for you in my chair. If you yeah. want to comment- commentate on what's happening. Okay. I think it's important to note, he has a beer in one hand. Sure. Okay. And he's like this, right? He's sitting down and he's like... Okay, so he's dropped his microphone. He's dangling his arms and legs up into the air, shooting a finger up into the sky, doing a big thumbs up, and sort of the finger guns. Wild. (laughs) A proper cowboy. The guy knows how to party. He does. Yeah. Props to him. Loves to see some peen. Sure. Who can blame him? You know, good confessional also from Matt in this episode where he was like, look, I'm comfortable with my body, but... I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. That's right. fine. Yeah. Cool. Good to see that and nice to hear from you. Totally. Yeah. He says it like with a smile on his face, but not like he's kidding. Yeah. He's like, I think it would genuine. I think he says it would take big balls or whatever. And you can interpret that as a joke, but yeah. also like as an expression, like it's very true. Yeah. Like he is applauding Kieran for being more courageous than any of the other dudes. Yeah. Which like, let's be real. Yeah. Nobody else put their fucking hand up. That's totally right. And, and like, know, like, yes, we understand Kieran has got this history. He's pr- probably going to be willing to do it from day one. Yeah. He probably expected it would come up at some point. <laughs> but like, nobody else was willing to, like nobody else read the room and was like, oh yeah, Kieran is probably going to put his hand up for this. Wouldn't it be an incredible move if I did it? Like, fucking Jamie, yeah. if getting ahead in this competition and getting time with her is so important, if he wants to stand out, I mean, like, I wouldn't like to watch it, but, like, if <laughs> if he wanted to, yeah, get out there. I mean, we've seen Jamie shirtless, right? right? That right. Instagram picture of him in okay. the fireman's calendar. That's true. He's in, like, four of those calendars. And he's rigged out. Right. He's got plenty to work with. Right. And, like, of course, I understand people have insecurities about their bodies. I'll be the first one to say that. Yes. But also, like, if it is that life or death that you're willing to put yourself in all kinds of other uncomfortable situations, like butting Jumping in on a... Jumping out of a plane. Yeah, or, like, butting in on a <laughs> one-on-one conversation between two people who are just trying to get to know each other. And saying, can we make this a, a, a trio thing? Right. Maybe it's time to put your fucking dick on the line. <sighs> put your dick on the line. <laughs> That's really... Hanging yeah. out on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Put a couple of pegs in there. Yeah. Or maybe just one or, you know, maybe a whole bunch. Like, yeah. It doesn't really matter. No one. Yeah, exactly right. You know, um, what we're saying is it takes big balls to hang some brain. Right. Everybody get naked on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we have shows like that. Like, it wouldn't be Absolutely. Of. Have you seen Naked and Afraid? I have. Well, I've been a bit too scared to watch it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen... Um, what is it? Camping Naked or something? What is that one? Camping Naked. <laughs> <laughs> What's that show called? Uh, Where they're out in the woods? Look, I think you've watched Survivor <laughs> and you've not quite understood the premise. Yeah, you're right. I've got like a low resolution TV. It's a bit hard to make out the different clothes. Everything's the same when it's that pixelated. Yeah, exactly. Um... Then it is time for a rose ceremony where Osha says it's been quite a revealing week. <laughs> and the boys can't help themselves, can they? Everybody has a chuckle, including me, and I'm like, we still haven't given him an uh, I nearly said an Oscar. Ah. <laughs> the man has not been given a gold logie. An Oscar. An Oscar. I think those are the new awards. That's the new gold standard. I think so. I think Oscar will will smile on him this year. The Academy 
is looking for this kind of story. <laughs> yeah, if they don't give him the gold logie, yeah. this is a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, after the roses are handed out, it is revealed that whoever the fuck Glenn is, <laughs> he's more worthy of a place in the competition than Naranga. What the fuck is going on? Look. Who is Glenn? Now, Tell Glenn me is my one winner thing pick. About, are you serious? Glenn is your winner pick? He was going into the season. Glenn I looked at is Glenn your... and I thought, this is the kind of man who is just there enough. He's tall, rectangle head, blue eyes probably, decent enough looking. I thought, Glenn... You're fine. The fact that you have said Glenn is your winner pick makes me so concerned that I will not be able to edit and upload this podcast <laughs> in time because he is so the next person to go. Oh, right? he absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt that he is going home A-S-A-fucking-P. But I will say that heading into the season, I was like, this boy. Yeah. This is the, I mean, he's this got is the nice, conventional, tall, hot attractive. man. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he's got... Do you know what, though? He had a zinger. I was going to say he doesn't have a personality, but he mm. did have a zinger Can where tell me what it was? he didn't get invited on the group date. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, that's cool. You boys go on the bachelorette party. I'll be walking down the aisle. That was Glenn. Good zinger from okay, Glenn. Okay, pretty good. Like, give him a job at KFC. Yes. Because he's got zingers out ah. the wazoo. Um, okay, all right. I will say I don't know who Glenn is, but then somebody named Jesse goes home. Oh, French Jesse went home? So, that yeah, that was him. I li- he literally doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not a confessional. No. Nary a voiceover. I never saw... I mean, he had probably five lines. Less. I mean, five words. Yes. yes. There you go. Mm. And Jesse then also Naranga. is blasting off again. Naranga. <laughs> I mean, f- f- shoot him straight into Vanessa Sunshine's open and willing arms. Yeah. Let that be a thing. Yeah. That'd be nice. Put them in paradise together. Here's the thing, right? Put Naranga in paradise mm-hmm. and tell people that he fucking owns a foundation for sick kids in Sri Lanka. True. Tell and people that he can fly a plane. Tell people mm, anything about him. Any because single thing. Some everything that we've learned about him. Sorry. Some people are just not given characteristics and right. he's one of them and it's a shame because he seems good. Everything that we've learned about him in the time that he has existed within the sphere of this show has been super positive. Like right. He just seems like a fucking chiller. Yeah. He's cute. He's cool. He's smart. He's funny. Count it off. Put him on the podcast. Bring Naranga to the pod. Do you know what? I might text him. Yeah. Yeah. You've got his number. No, of course not. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Would love to hear from Naranga. Yeah. Yeah. Would love to have Naranga and uh, um, old mate Vanessa Sunshine on the same podcast. Maybe. Oh. See if we can't. Imagine if this show was more successful at creating love connections Wouldn't than that the actual be good? show. <laughs> Everyone, text us in your crushes. We'll see what we can do. Text us. Uh, Max's number is 04. Mm, shit. So close. You called my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that wraps up that episode. We say goodbye to some wonderful men and also someone named Jesse. Yeah. Oh, he I, was fine. He's probably fine. Yeah. I just don't know who he is. So, uh, we also uh, said goodbye to you, dear listener, for right. another week. Mm. And, Xavier, there are some things that you had to get off your chest. Uh, certainly. First of all, this t-shirt. Ow, now, 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 now. Don't know. Don't know. And then I'm going to follow that up with these pants. Don't know. Take don't off my know. <laughs> well, I've got to get my shoes off first, actually. Cause it makes know. the pants don't a bit know. difficult. And then I'll take my socks at the same time. Because may as well don't get know. that going. And then... Um, Got a uh, no, no, underpants no, no, sort of situation no, no. that I may as well 
it's okay. No, no, no. Remove no, those no. two. And last but not least, my spectacles, no, no. baby. No, no. <laughs> and then I'm suddenly in the nude. No, no, no. And you might think I'm sending some kind of weird sexual signal by getting well, naked right now. Well. But actually, what I did come here to make is not love, but in mm, fact, friends. Well. If you'd like to be friends with a weird well, naked dude and his well. friend Max who's singing and not listening well. to him. Head on over to your internet browser or application on your mobile device of choice. Type in BOH pod, you're going to find us there. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We technically have a Facebook page. You can download the podcast. You can stream the podcast without downloading it. You can just read the descriptions of the podcast without downloading or listening to it. You can just look at pictures that we upload of like that go along with each episode. It's all there, all over the web. You can harass Max to get him to upload the great 2014 EP that might be from 2015 called Carpal Tunnel Syndrome. This song may or may not appear on there. Maybe it'll come out as a bonus track on the uh, new deluxe edition. This is great. Your neighbors are staring on with the wide-eyed wonder. Um, How does he do it? Well, how does he still have the energy after all this notes. great podcasting? There are five notes. All right. Well, you know, that can be quite complicated for somebody like uh, Carlin, who's only really capable <laughs> of two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to on record that right now, despite the fact that I don't find him super interesting, yeah. Carlin is my winner pick. He's not mine. Yeah. I who's yours right now? That. So hard to say because none of them are standing out to me. No mm. one's really emerged as someone who I'm like, that's the guy. But I will say that the edit probably, probably goes to Tim. Yeah, right. I think he's been the most visible mm. out of all of the people who aren't uh, creeps or jerks. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a pretty firm top three with Tim, Carlin, and. Kieran or Ryan? Kieran, what are you maybe? gonna do? Oh, Ryan. No, I don't think so. But the thing is, like, yeah, he seems good, but we don't know anything about him. Yeah, the yeah, sort of yeah. thi- so here's we'll double back on this. The show sort of goes, they know each other. They like each other on the outside world, and that's sort of expected to be enough for you to yeah. be like, Oh, cool, obviously he's a contender. Yeah. But like I'm not seeing a lot of sparks flying. Serve the function of the show and tell us about him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Once you've done all that stuff, have a great week. Yeah, that's important too. Look for after you. yourself. Yep. Watch the television. Yeah. There's a lot of great programs out there. And then when you're done with that, come on back to Bachelor of Hearts podcast. We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye. Running out of time. Making most of what's before me. Searching for.